Welcome, it's SB Pod. Stanford Steve is with me. Just so everyone out there that's listening knows, this is take two. Started the pod. No, started <laughs> the pod. Didn't like the direction of the pod because it was it was an air of negativity about the NFL. Mm. And then I realized it's just because I have a cold, I don't feel well. And then I'm miserable when I don't feel well. So I shouldn't let that bleed into this. You're saying maybe he's got the Rona for the ninth time. Nope, nope. Took a test just to have a cold. It'd be better if I had the other. Because then I'd feel better and feel better in a day or two. Anyway, so Monday night is Halloween night. Typically, we do the podcast on Monday night, but we, we have, let's be honest, more important business to attend to. Steve has three young kids, so do I. We got trick-or-treating. We're going to be out there on the mean streets of Montgomery County, Maryland, knocking on doors. So the podcast is Sunday night. Wet front coming, Steve. Ah, that's unfortunate, but... I, I think it could be a monsoon coming through. It ain't stopping the kids in my house from going out and getting candy. No, no you know chance. what I think. You know what I think that does. I think it just separates the pretenders from the absolute animals. Mm. I got three, and you, so do you. All due respect, complete <laughs> savages. It's Thirty-eight and pouring. Yep. I don't care. People on this street like to try to outdo each other and give out those big bars of candy. Oh, We're boy. going. Chad's sick. Put him down. I don't care. Take him out back and dig a hole for him. We're going to get candy. Tell him we honored him by going to get as much candy as we could. Mm. Um, we'll get to the NFL in a minute. I have the most uh, very important update after last week's Texans game. Not the Texans who got beat by the Titans. Flag football Texans. Yes. Uh, get out of the car Saturday morning in the parking lot. And let's just say that the, the discussion about the Raiders juggernaut was <laughs> the talk of the flag football world in Bethesda. And I'm glad I chose my words carefully because it was consumed by all the various teams. Oh, so to those interested dads, this is a very inside the beltway, literally. <laughs> but we have an update after the Texans last week were totally outclassed by the Ravens. Steve, best thing that could have happened to the to the group. Yeah. Locker room stayed together. Came out committed. Salute to the coaching staff that came out with some laminated cards with some illustrations for the youngsters. We had a plan. We had a purpose. One heartbeat. <laughs> and uh, we played the Seahawks. And uh, the Texans emerged victorious. Hung a big number. Uh, salute to all the various touchdown scores, including my son, who had several. Oh, whoa. Yep. yep, several for the youngster. I tell you what, the, the little the little look he gave after the after the second one to see like our mom and dad looking. Yeah, your mom's the one screaming her head off. We saw it. It was awesome, man. I, I, it was it was really cool to see, you know. See your kid happy. He's six. It's flag football. Relax. I'm not making a big deal out of it other than any parent wants to see their kid happy. Mm. And, uh, and our our kids were happy. But again, salute to the coaching staff. Salute to the youngsters in the locker room that, that, that stayed together. Mm. Nobody was pointing any fingers after week one. Mostly because they just wanted to have candy and talk about dinosaurs, things like that. They weren't They weren't upset. But the coaching staff took a look in the mirror, had a plan, had a purpose. And, uh, you know, if we see the Raiders down the road, you know, 
We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Wow. We're that confident, huh? No, no, no. Oh, uh, Raiders team is they're, they're the they're the yardstick by which the others are measured. I'm just okay. saying, at least at least we'd have a plan. Okay, we'd have a plan. Well, so you know it, that was that's the update. It's it's good to hear that you know we got some listeners out there. It's yep. also good, you know, we talk about players being motivated to play. Uh-huh. Sometimes the coaches need a little fire lit under their ass, and uh, you know, it feels like they got the message. So it's it's good to see. I, come with, well, come, you obviously felt better. Getting out of the car had a pre- had a plan. Yep, in place. It's yep. pretty obvious. We started getting the ball to our better players, and uh, look makers. at that. We got to win. Difference makers. No, it, it was it was a, it was a beautiful day, and it was you know that had a had a happy ride. Not to mm-hmm. didn't we didn't have to take anybody for uh for you know consolation prize Chipotle. Okay, was, I don't know what we did. Why did we go home? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Um. It was a it was a happy Saturday. We we appreciate what the Raiders did. It was the wake up call for the entire organization, top to bottom, and um, one and one. Mm. We're we're on to the Bengals. Oh, I I think that's who that is. They were they wear orange and black. And let me tell you what, their coach, pretty into it. Not haven't seen it up close. I just saw it from the they, their their entire team's got little little wristband with oh, the blaze boy. on them. And the dad has them, and I don't know what's happening out there, but there's, there's, they got a plan that group. But you, you know, know what? We got, you know what we got to so do? do. So do we. What's that? We got to get one of those wristbands. I don't think so. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't. I don't feel like. I don't feel like our group's capable of any of that. But um, oh, I'm saying so we know the place. You know, get get. You again. know, one falls on the ground. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, we we, we need a, we need a wakey leaks scenario. <laughs> We we need a mole within the Bengal organization mm, to be uh, careful. Let us find out what those what the play calls are, because <laughs> I think there's only three or four teams in this league. I, I, three. There's there's four. I think there's just like round robin. Oh, which means I'm afraid we actually do have to play the Raiders again, which is a whole other deal. Mm. Um, but that was a fun little Saturday morning. We appreciate the folks that listen, <laughs> and those of you out there that don't play in this flag football league, you could probably relate to the team who kicked your butt and. On and a fun morning when you know it goes it goes the the right way for your club. How are the conditions that early on a Saturday morning? We got a little dew on the field. It was cold, man. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it, it's a little muddy, a little muddy. Um, okay. When the when the mouthpiece falls out on the ground and has dirt all over it, you know, <laughs> trying to get the mud out of the like, just eat the dirt, boy. Secrets in the dirt. <laughs> uh, that was it was good fun, and then. Saturday, a little uh, the Saturday football we'll get to, but I'm going to talk Sunday football first since we're actually recording on a Sunday night. But let's work our way backwards. San Francisco continues to own the Rams. Oh. McCaffrey threw for one, ran for one, and caught one. His mm. first game is a, a, with a full week with San Francisco, and you see the difference he makes. As we, you and I speak, I see him on the sidelines, or excuse me, on the field post game with Aaron Andrews, giant smile on his face. Uh, and that division's wide open. Um, although Seattle hands the loss to the Giants in the late window as well. Uh, and, and Pete Carroll's guys continue to uh, to play really, really good football in the NFC West. But McCaffrey, McCaffrey's, you know, the, the difference that he can make and how they're using him in this offense, you can see it with a, with a full week under his belt. No doubt about it. I just am amazed at knowing 
football's a different game, obviously. But the idea in the NFL that you definitely are going to play three other teams two times, I can't imagine what goes into that. And, and the idea of, of, of the mindset you have to have, knowing, all right, we played these guys, this is what happened, and we're going back out a couple of weeks later, and we're gonna and we're gonna and we're gonna get after them again. And these two coaches to continue to dial up points uh, with with such familiarity with each other is really really amazing to me. And it's just it's it's really um, hard to process that the Niners continue to do this. And I know I mentioned it last time. You know the Rams would still take this one, but man, it's got to get old. But also it's got to feel good that you don't have to play them again, the rest of the way, because with the Rams, I feel like there's a lot of self-inflicted wounds. And whether it's the personnel on the offensive line, the lack of playmakers besides Cup, uh, I think that's more in line. And in, in that team trying to get right is, is, is dealing with themselves. So I think not having San Francisco the rest of the way uh, could be an, a bright spot uh, looking ahead. You hit the nail on the head. The, the Rams, no difference makers besides Cup. I mean, that that's mm. that's really what it boils down to. I mean, McVeigh and your, your group, you can be as, as clever as anyone, but if you don't have difference makers, I mean, Niners had a difference maker on Sunday. Oof. And he made he made the difference. I mean, he they had three touchdowns. He threw one, ran one, caught one. <laughs> um actually they had another one. They they added they added one late. Uh, Kittle had a touchdown there late, and they continue to own that one. Seattle got the victory over the Giants, which I think you Thank and I, God. Thank yeah. God. Explain what you mean. I just can't. The, the, listen, Giants fans, you needed this. You needed this because you were getting a little testy. And we know how the New Yorkers are when it comes to the crazy talk and look at us, look at me, look at what we're doing. A little reality check for you to go out to the Pacific Northwest and uh, get a dose. Giants and Jets, too, while we're at it. I mean, correct. Zach Wilson, not great Mm-mm. at all. I mean, look, Mac Mac wasn't the reason they won the game either. It was just the Jets kept turning the ball over. And I was curious the decision that Bill made. He kept taking points, you know. Yeah, those threes added up. Keep stacking two. Keep stacking those threes, and then in the end, you can absorb you know that one touchdown late, recover an onside kick. You still win the game. Mm. wasn't it, wasn't a work of art, but you know they got a victory. I'll tell you who looked really good on. Sunday and maybe it's the context of the defense they were going up against uh but Tua Tua made so many great decisions in that win at Detroit um used Waddle and Hill the way oh. I mean you ought to wild that it was a scoreless fourth uh it wasn't for a lack of trying both teams had opportunities but uh, I thought I thought Tua and helping the Dolphins get to their fifth win was um I mean you know to say he's a different, I mean, everyone knows he he makes a giant difference, but <laughs> I, I think it was it was pretty it was pretty clear uh, what he brings to the table um, for the Dolphins as they get a victory on the on the road against Detroit. They're now five and three. Up next for the Dolphins, they take on the Bears on the road. Bears played that wild game with 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 Dallas, massive high scoring deal. I just so many it was just so many big plays, wild plays. And even in the loss, to me, Fields looks like he in the last couple of games, whether it was the Monday night win or and, and even in a big loss, I think you're starting to see that maybe maybe the lights start to come on and all, it all starts to make a little bit more sense. Do you do you see that as well? Well, you mentioned Tua first. I wanted to touch on him because yeah, go ahead. He just he just looks comfortable. 
That's you know, he always looks like he has somewhere to go, whether it's looking off the safety or looking progression one, two to three. He just looks good. His feet look good in the pocket, and he just has a confident sense about him that he's going to make the right decision. With Fields, I think of a light has gone on. I, I look at the performance Monday night, but then knowing and seeing Dallas on tape, knowing you probably can't do your theatrics a lot of the times, because of how good their pass rush is. I think that sped everything up for him today and was a nice learning experience for him to realize, hey, down in distance, situation, where we are on the field, whatever it is, I got to speed things up because he's always been known as sort of a ball holder that's going to hold on to it a little bit longer than he should. And I thought you saw today him be more decisive and make some plays and trust his receivers, another guy that doesn't have great options to get the ball to but he looked a lot better and confident in that sense so uh i I was i was pleased with what i saw from uh both those guys especially today interesting after the games jerry jones says we we go as zeke goes even though pollard i don't know pollard makes runs that zeke isn't making you know he he makes dudes miss and then hits hits the burst that you know elliot doesn't have I, i get jerry's commitment to Zeke, a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not insignificant financially, but I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know. Pollard, when you when you see him run like that, you go, okay. This is yeah. this is what this is what it looks like when it's his when it's his his day. He gets the full complement of touches. Look pretty good. Absolutely. And like you said, we just haven't seen it from nope. Zeke. Uh, you know, he had the the weight transformation, I want to say, between last year and the year before. Obviously, injuries, you know, kept him out today. But I, when you talk about difference makers, I mean, Pollard is that guy. And I think he brings you so much more in the pass game. Now, I know Zeke's one of the best pass protectors at his position, and it's a very valuable thing that no one likes to talk about. But Pollard getting the ball in space, the way they have guys that can run people out of there and just give him space with the ball underneath uh, is a is a weapon that I think Dak's going to – you know, I know he's great friends with Zeke, but when you start looking at your numbers and you start looking at guys that could – you know, get some yak after the catch. That's that's always going to play well in a quarterback's head. They get the win, but they're still looking up at Philadelphia, who gets uh, a relatively mm. easy win over Pittsburgh. You know, ho hum, another three score win. You look at their schedule, and I mean, they could lose next Sunday at Houston. I don't think they will. Thursday they, night, they could. They probably won't. But then they're home for Washington. Then they're at the Colts. Then they're home Green Bay. They're home the Titans. I mean, we get into December, and I imagine they'll lose somewhere because, again, it, it happens in this league. Mm-hmm. But they don't look like the kind of group that's likely to to beat themselves in a game. Um, I don't know. They just they they what's that what's that stat they use in college football about game control? Yeah. Watch the watch the uh, Eagles play, you know, and and apply the idea of game control. That's mm. That's mostly what they do is just sort of control the game. And they did again. And they, they just, in a league where it feels like coin flips and stress are part of most equations, it just they don't deal with it. They gave the one loss to Minnesota, who they get another win. But kind of like the Giants, I, I see them win again. And I when it's over, I ask myself, how how, how good are they? When you're six and one, you're six and one. So how you got there, I guess, doesn't matter. I'm just saying, watch them play, and do you feel like you're watching the same kind of team as when you watch the Eagles? Because I don't. No, 
No, at all. I've, 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 I've seen it from early on with Philly. And the biggest thing, they have big play capability. They have a quarterback that's in complete control. You use the word control. And today, for instance, they go get sevens early on. They don't get threes. They get sevens. So now that pressure's even more on the other team's offense. And they're like Clemson, man. They just keep bringing D-linemen after D-linemen in the game. It feels like they rotate about eight guys up there. They, you know, they just go out and make another move to get another guy. So I, they, I said it, well, I don't know, after week two or three, the NFC is going through Philly. You're going to have to go there and win. Yeah, and, you said uh, it early. You did say that early. I, I just I, I feel more and more confident because of how complete they are uh, and, and, and the, the capability they have on offense along with the difference makers on the defensive line. Slay is proven uh, to be one of the top corners in the league. So he's going to you know go with your best asset. Uh, on the outside, and they and they're going to work accordingly. So, uh, major major props to them for for this start to the season that had people excited, but I didn't think they were going to be as dominant as they have been. Just a couple other just observations on the day: the Titans just you you go to your backup, you go on the road against a team that's pretty limited offensively. They they don't score until the last thirty seconds of the game, just a window dressing touchdown. Uh, they won because Derrick Henry was excellent. He always runs wild against the Texans. He did again. They're five and two. That may be sort of sneaking up on people. Yeah, you know, Tennessee's that team everyone sleeps on all year, every year. Um, and Mike Frabel's guys just saying, "All right, well, someone's going to win our division. Might as well be us. We'll just keep winning games." They do. And the Raiders got shut out today. Apparently, I think they had two snaps on the other side of the field mm. for the entire game. Wow! I didn't. I'm not going to act like I saw much of it when it came on red zone. I saw it. Other than that, I don't know what they did, but they didn't do much. Well, their defense didn't help them out early. And you go down 17, nothing. And Carr was, was in one uh, early on. Uh, and then he, you know, held the ball a couple times and sacks were a problem. And they never, you, I mean, you talked about the, where they had the ball in the field. I think Stidham came in late and, and got a drive going. Yeah, they what? got on the other. They got on the other side of the field. Like when he came in, for yeah. just hoping to avoid the shutout. They had, yeah. they had 183 yards of offense. It was bad. It Good was bad. God. But I think New Orleans defense had a lot to do with that. In a in a, almost a must win uh, situation, knowing how close they've been. But uh, I thought Dalton looked good throwing the ball, and Camara looked like his old self. And you know, you get up early in this league, it puts a lot of pressure on teams. Uh, that don't want to do what they came in with a game plan of. I and mean, you saw what the Raiders did with the run game the last couple of weeks. That took them out of that because they had to throw the ball to get back in the game, and it wasn't happening with that pass rush uh, of the Saints. So credit to them for getting a big win at home. Did they go off as an underdog? I couldn't believe that. I, I don't know what, what it was, but they, they got a shutout, and you said it well. Kamara looked like Kamara, which is good. He's, he's, mm. he's, when he's right, he's clearly been a difference maker through the years. I just one last just thought on Minnesota because the only loss they have is the Eagles. Looking at their upcoming schedule, a couple road games, Commanders and Bills, then Cowboys and Pats at home. So the next next four games for Minnesota be interesting to see sort of how how they you know, if they continue to win games, then well I'll have to I don't eat my words. Like I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying that that there's a it just feels like there's a little bit of Smoke and mirrors isn't it either. It's just watching, just like for instance, watching Minnesota, watching Minnesota play compared to watching, uh, say Philadelphia play. It just feels like you're watching sort of different levels of teams in terms of being in control of games. Yeah, Minnesota shows flashes with the talent they have on offense. 
Uh, but like I said, capability is definitely there. I uh, just no, want to point out no, no. what I was happy to see today. And you mentioned Tennessee a little bit. That That's the thing in this league where teams, you find out how willing they are. They did whatever they had to do to get to a win, win a today yep. with Malik starting. And yep. I wake up today and it's a close game over in London and put that on. And as bad as it's been for Denver, they go out and they get a win. You got, you got to drive halfway across the world to get it. You could see the, the happiness they had in winning a football game. And no, it wasn't pretty, but they went out and did it and, and, and made Jacksonville, uh, you know, put the onus on them at the end. And then their defense shows up with, a, with an unbelievable interception uh, to end that game. So I look at teams like that where, you know, they're not flashy and everybody wants to talk about the struggles of Tampa Bay and Green Bay. I'd rather talk about the teams that I like watching. Carolina and Atlanta today, unbelievable game. Unbelievable game because it doesn't have a lot of star power. Those two teams went at each other. Walker makes an incredible throw. Moore does what he does. There's plenty of other plays that are the difference, but when it comes down with a last-second touchdown and causes you to kick a 50-yard extra point, what it felt yeah. like, uh, you know, that's what people are going to talk about that. But I, I, Mariota hung in there all game. That wasn't pretty early on. Foreman looks good at running back for the Panthers. Uh, that's a division wide open. Who wants it? Those two teams showed me that they're not going to stop competing and don't care who they're playing against. So I, I'm really, really, really happy to see uh, those two teams go at it in a game like that. That's well put. Just in terms of just willingness to willingness to battle and and uh, it was clear it was clear there's a little bit of back and forth between those teams. Look, division rivals, as you said earlier, you know, playing a team twice every year. That's you know, mm. Panthers and Falcons know each other well, even if it's guys that are in different roles than they've been in the past. But that was a hell of an entertaining football game. Insane. I mean, Moore takes his helmet off, which is you know after that incredible catch. Unfortunately, they, back, they actually pointed it up way back and. Um, Atlanta's leading a division. Atlanta and Seattle lead divisions. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be Halloween here. Now you got to get to Thanksgiving, then you got to get to Christmas, then you got to get to New Year's. I mean, a lot of these holiday mileposts to hit, but not one person had Atlanta and Seattle as division leaders. Um, not one. In October. Nobody. And there they are. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Now on the Saturday football, a couple things. Is Tennessee going to be number one on Tuesday night when the first ranking comes out? I don't think so. Okay. Who do you, who do you think it's going to be, Georgia? Yeah. Okay. That means Ohio State's two or Tennessee? Uh, they can make Ohio State two. Tennessee, Tennessee three with all their wins would be surprising to me. Mm-hmm. I have a thought on Tennessee's offense. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> now, they're going to – they're. they're I, they're a double-digit dog. 
at Georgia, which is, I mean, at some point I'm going to learn my lesson going against them in, in picking numbers because it's mm. like, you, I took I took a dozen with with Kentucky, which was not uh, not nearly enough. I needed another dozen and then another dozen more, and I still wasn't <laughs> going to get there. They they stress you and they find out where you're weak, and then they exploit the weakness, and then they play the fight song. Hooker at the controls of that offense right now is we keep going back to this word control that he's in complete control of what he's doing. Mm -hmm. That's a scary, scary group. And, you know, I'm sure George is just giving you that look and saying, come on, you know, and mm -hmm. we get to find out what's what. But I mean, this is this Tennessee. This is what they've been waiting for, for feels like a long, long time. And, you know, now it's here. and. You got Georgia next week, but we got time to, I guess, think about that. But in the meantime, Ohio State goes on the road, makes a statement. Georgia gets to go with, you know, take on Florida and got close for a minute, but kind of fake close or not. But they I mean, they weren't going away. Although if you had Florida, you got there, didn't you? Mm hmm. Sure really? did. That was a hold on to your butts, huh? <laughs> yeah. 28 three. It didn't feel good. I just I, I feel like we're starting to get a little bit of clarity, you know what I mean, with, with with some of these teams in college football and and some of it's like I thought Wake was really good. They got beat by a million uh by oh. Louisville, which was nuts. Uh but like teams like Oregon, team teams like TCU that keep going on the road or that went on the road this weekend and won. Um, you know, you're waiting for somebody to stumble, and so far a lot of these teams haven't, which is impressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think the world of this TCU run. I really do. Um, and that was significant to some at the end of that game. That was really Depending upsetting. what side you were on, uh, if you're betting Big 12 unders, you got problems. But anyway, TCU, this stretch that they've had, I don't think they're – like I have them at two in mine because of their resume, and I don't think people – they just see a typical Big 12 team. Like I have people, they don't even have them at like six. I'm like, well, what, what are we playing the games for? They've beaten everybody they've had to. They have an unbelievable offense. Uh, they didn't play well yesterday, and they still went on the road and won a division game in a game where they're more than a touchdown favorite. So you have to give credit to these teams that are going out and doing the job and stop worrying about, well, if this team did this and this team did look at the teams that have done it. That, that's my biggest issue. When we get to this point and you have undefeated teams up there, give them credit because they haven't had that idea of a loss um, or, or whether a bad performance and it was a loss or a bad turnover, something like they've won the games. Uh, so I, I give them credit. Um, going back to Tennessee, what they do offensively is such a headache for defensive guys. I'm dying to see what Georgia brings up to the table. They, they've always um, feel like they've had an original game plan going against top offenses. But the way Tennessee stretches you out and makes you cover guys one-on-one -on -one, you have to figure out what you're going to do with your safeties and your outside backers. Are you going to play them in space out towards the receivers? All right, fine. We'll run it. And it's a matchup game. Uh, so what they're doing is great. I don't think their offensive line gets enough love because you said hookers in complete control. There's a reason he's in complete control. He doesn't get freaking touched and, yeah. and guys do a great job of picking up. I mean, everybody's throwing more exotic blitzes at them as people get more tape on them. And that offensive line has stepped up week after week. Uh, so they, they've been a really, really fun unit uh, to watch. Their offense is nasty. Ohio State's offense is really good, but mm -hmm. they don't beat Penn State on Saturday without 
44. Mm-hmm. And the performance that JT had, and I, I at some point I'm going to learn how to say his name without screwing it up. I got Chewy Malau. That's that's what it is. But I I always talk. I just call him Big 44 <laughs> because you know, I mean, it's rare that college football is almost always the offense that 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 dominates. His performance on Saturday, catching the ball, getting to the quarterback, making tackles. I mean, he was an absolute wrecking ball. Mm-hmm. And I think it was important for Ohio State to face a situation like that where they trailed in the fourth quarter. No doubt. Uh, they haven't been. They haven't been. I mean, the first game against Notre Dame was early. Ugly. It, uh, early and ugly. I mean, their <laughs> offense didn't hadn't hit its stride by a long shot. Uh, but I mean, you you need to be in an environment as good as Penn State's is, and feel that urgency. And what kind of answers did they have when when push came to shove? If it weren't for Penn State running some late cover plays, that would have been a tough one to swallow. Oh, um, awful. Yeah, but well, you got you, you, good for you. I'm happy you got there. I, I don't. <laughs> What happened to me in Morgantown is unjust, and I'll never. Uh, you know what? It's, we move on to next week. No, but, we can't. We can't. Have you seen anything like that? I. The only thing I can remember is Marino running the fake spike play, where you were like, "All right, we're good." Oh no, no, no! Oh my god, that just happened. Like, you know what's you know what's funny about it, and and like take gambling out of the equation, even though you're going to say the only reason you're saying this is because you had West Virginia. Mm-hmm. West Virginia jumped. Yep. If you take the penalty and take the points off the board, you can take knees and win. Mm-hmm. And you'll say, well, why would you do that? Well, what are the odds that West Virginia scores, gets an onside kick and scores? Almost zero. But if you all you have to do is snap and take one knee to win the game by three, then the odds of them winning are zero. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You'd never do it. But you could have, and it would have been wild had they done that. You know what? Actually, we don't want the points because we don't want to have to kick off because we don't want to open that door, however fractional the possibility is. But somebody, and I'm not suggesting that the TCU coaching staff would be aware of the coaching uh, of the number, but somebody would know, and someone would say, Coach, you might not want to take these points off the board just in general. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, because I would ma- I would imagine some of the folks in Fort Worth probably backed their guys. Mm-hmm. I know that the public certainly did. It was quite a happy public side, and I'm good for you that you guys won like that. Uh, I I did not. Um, boy, was that disgusting. It, yeah, I I just thought it was it was a well coached deal. You could tell they had that that situation that play called on purpose. It's a it's a foot on the gas offense. A la, you know, Tennessee, we're talking about that. TCU is always going for the throw. I thought it was a huge drive right before the half where you saw that aggressiveness, and, and Duggan's a major part of that. Coach has belief in his quarterback, and they're going out and making plays. But just uh, – I'm sorry to the people that had West Virginia, but it's an incredible play. And you see how they do that by design, too, how high he throws it, hoping to even get a pass interference call. If it, you know, they did that later or earlier in the game, I should say. So, uh, yeah, very, very unfortunate uh, circumstance for 
West Virginia backers. Uh, I'm sure we'll see that one uh, Monday night. Yes, we yeah. will. Uh, yes, yeah. we will. AM's three and five. Mm. And I watched Miami win on two point conversions because I had Virginia. <laughs> I mean, I can't get over those two teams and the years they're having. But my hey, Miami won in triple overtime on a two point conversion, which, if you think about it, by the way, is the single stupidest thing in sports. It's, hey, it's, it's, triple o- it's triple overtime. Now, we, we've stopped playing a bastardized version of football where, we're, where we're, we no longer use a 100-yard field or a clock, but now we're going to decide the outcome of a game on this nonsensical two-point conversion. Just absolute stupidity. Yep. And but, when it comes down to a game that has ranked teams at both in it, it's going to get to a level where people are going to complain. It's going to go away because you you can't not end a college division one football game on that nonsense. As you pointed out, you were watching the game. When did you realize it was going to that two point conversion nonsense? When Virginia somehow held them out of the end zone at the end to force overtime, I thought, well, no one is going to score a touchdown because they clearly can't. Virginia got stopped on the two in like the third quarter. I mean, listen, I watched it because I had to. I don't assume anybody listening to me did unless you went went to Virginia or Miami or you were involved in the game as I was. Mm. Otherwise, why with everything else to choose from, would you have subjected yourself to that? Well, I sort of had to. And let me tell you, buddy, no one could score a touchdown and no one did. <laughs> nine, nine. Field goals, field goals, Ugh. and then twos. Twos. Which I suppose for that particular game wasn't as, as you know, ridiculous uh, a way to decide it as, you know, if it would have been, say, like that Bama-Tennessee game when, exactly. when they played a couple of weeks ago. I mean, had they had to decide theirs that way, mm. that would have been, would have been ridiculous. You're right. Something will happen where the – yeah. People look at each other and go, this is really how we're going to decide who wins the game with this. Okay. I would I would say more than 50% of college football fans don't know that don't know. real thing. They don't nope. know because they people, haven't seen people, it. People in the NFL forget that you can tie a game. Like there, mm-hmm. there, there are these rules that don't often come to the fore that when they do, you realize, wait, mm-hmm. this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that, this is as good as we can do, huh? We can't come up with something better than that. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, other things. Yeah. World Series shifts to Philly for Monday. Weather iffy. Mm. They're not going to care. Just like our kids aren't going to care Monday night if it's raining for a trick or treat. (laughs) People in Philadelphia don't give a damn if it's raining. Mm -hmm. They are going to come to the bank ready to go. Philly's already stole, you know, they stole the game they wanted, come back from down five nothing and beat the Astros game one. It's felt all along like this is the uh, sneaky kind of. I don't know. I keep saying I, I don't want to use the word fade or destiny or whatever and act like they're underdogs. They're a top five payroll, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but nevertheless, you know, they they have been underdogs in every game and every series thus far. Um, it's just been fun to watch them. Fun to watch, you know. Fun to watch the Astros too because they're not they're not going to blink. Um, but we'll see what we'll see what those games look like there. Did you? I mean, I get that there's a million other things going on, but were you watching that? Uh, watching the World Series at all? I watched Friday night, didn't watch a second last night, uh, fully, fully invested in college football. So 
I was I too, and the and, and the fact that the the fact that the Astros got the early lead yeah. allowed you to kind of just dip in and out. I wasn't mm-hmm. watching at you know like at bat for at bat the way I was Friday night. Yeah, because you kind of didn't have to. Um, but that again, hopefully the hopefully the weather doesn't screw it up for uh, for Monday. Mm. Anything anything else we got? Yeah, uh, tomorrow night when you get home from work and your kids' Halloween bags are right there. Uh-huh. What's the first thing you're stealing? I'll look for a hundred grand bar. Okay. Can I you like eat him. a whole big one of those? No. Because that's a lot. The the bite size are perfect. That's what I, I, just, I want a small. I want a small hundred grand. Okay. I don't, I don't, the big ones are just it's too much of the crunchy and the and the caramelly and I'm afraid I'll pull a tooth out. Mm-hmm. So I'll pass on that. Okay. Um. I mean, there, there, there's tears, right? I mean, it's you know everybody's got sort of their. I'm not, I'm not anti the coconut, you know. If really? There's, if there's mounds. I'd prefer an almond joy, but I'll, okay. I, some people are super anti. I'm surprised you're not as much as you is is like as much as you hate like mustard and parmesan cheese. I would think <laughs> that you would have a very passionate feeling to be anti the coconut based candies. Not, no, not not completely anti. It's not my favorite. Uh, but around this time, you know, if you see one, you, you grab it. Oh, how does that taste? Oh yeah. It's like that. Not kind of great. I am with you on the almond. Uh, but yeah, what's your, what's your go-to? What will you, what are you just going to pilfer from your kids' bags? I'm, uh, I guess it's not great, uh, times this for Skittles, uh, a lot of stuff going on, I guess, but I will have all the Skittles. I will have all the Mike and Ike's. I'm more of the fruity candy guy rather than chocolate. If that makes sense. Twizzlers, Skittles, uh, Swedish Fish, Good Batch, maybe, but the, the, some a bad ones gets gets way too uh, way too chewy. Starburst, all that, all that, all the fruity stuff, I, I prefer. Do your and do your kids feel the same way about that? Uh, it got to a point last year where they were running out of the house. Daddy, here's your Skittles. They gave us Skittles, so they know and I they like just, those. They more like, like the, prefer to chocolate. So like the dad tariff the dad tax they would just hand it to you on the way out yeah i ran out of pockets last year actually because nice so many people were giving out skittles so yeah okay skittles are to go to well let's hope for good weather on monday it doesn't sound great and again given my given my state with it being myself being currently under the weather i mean it's just it's it'll take a heroic effort for me to be able to go both trick-or-treat and show up for monday night football but Uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna try my best I have two things. Uh huh. I have something I hate. Here's what I hate. And oh. it's the idea of these college football teams that have iconic uniforms. Iconic. And they're messing with them and they're awful. Michigan, you are the uniform of all uniforms. Maze and, and you, blue. And you come out in navy blue pants with the navy jerseys. Just atrocious. That's like the Yankees wearing their pinstripe tops with their gray bottoms. It's that it would be awful. So you have an iconic uniform. Wear it. Tennessee. Are you kidding? This year, this year you're having two of the games. I gotta watch you wear a gray uniform. And then last night you come out in these black things. Like, come on. You have an all-time uniform. Wear it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. 
I've 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 said this about the NFL. I mean, the Patriots, the Bron- the, Bron- the Patriots and Broncos. You have, you have just go back, Google your old jerseys. Dial up Carl Mecklenburg's uniform. Just wear that. Dial up Steve Grogan's uniform. Wear that. Not the neck brace. Understood. You don't need to with the Russ Francis, if that's better. Oh yeah. Mosey to Tupu, if that that if that helps. People. Uh, the college thing's different because the gear matters more in yeah. the college space. The kids like the gear. And a 20-year-old kid now doesn't know or care about the old-school iconic uniforms. They just like gear. Yeah. And so I think you're. I think we can both be right, where the kids are like, yeah, no, but see, I really dig the Tennessee uniforms. And you you and I can both just shrug and say, okay, but but you do you're have wrong. an icon. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you you you're wrong because you'd like something that we like you yeah you you'd, we we don't like it but you like it so you're wrong no mm. no maybe we're wrong mm. but you you can be right and wrong at the same time maybe you are because iconic uniforms shouldn't be trifled with correct and they, and they are yeah it's sad i don't feel like I, I don't feel like you see penn state or bama mess with theirs much no S S C. They don't mess with theirs. No, I mean, and it's the same idea. Mm. Particularly Michigan. I know that's what I was saying. Like Ohio State's worn alternates. They're they're not. I mean, they have a fantastic uniform. And yep. Eh, it's it's a new thing, I guess. So shout out to the kids that like new ugly things. Yeah, we're we're old, Steve, and we don't matter. So. Anything else? We got to get you hydrated and uh, get you ready for, for a big week here. I'm, I'm fading. Yeah. I'm fading. I'm ill. Maybe a little nap at work. I'm not out for a little bit. I want to watch the Bills, though. So okay. we're going to watch the Bills on Sunday night. And uh, we're going we're gonna to root for good weather for the World Series and for a holla, trick or treat. Have fun with your youngsters out there. Don't take too much of their stuff. Because... That's kind of garbage. Yes, Steve. I got one more. One. How many years ago was the last time you donned a Halloween costume? Well, that's a good one. I feel like there was a. I feel like I. I feel like I wore a blues. I, I feel like I wore a Blues Brothers outfit and went and saw some live music back. But that's. I mean, you God, haven't put on a costume since you got married, right? No, no, no. I haven't. No. Should I? Am I supposed to? I think so. Okay. But no, well, I'd, I'd wear one tomorrow, except, you know what I'm going to be? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a late night TV cable host. And Professional. I'm going to put on a suit and I'm going to go door go. to door in my neighborhood. <laughs> All right. This, is, this has been a terrible performance for me as a host. And, and I'm, I'm I don't know if I'm going to make it to midnight tonight. Um, we'll see. I'm going to try. We'll be all right. All right. God bless you, everybody. Hang tough out there on the Halloween beat. We'll talk to you all next week.